Welcome to the Spoutcast, where we spout off the news to those who drink from the well. My name is Ben Wilburn. Alongside me is my faithful co-host. Faithful, so faithful. Jane Fawcett. Jane Fawcett, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here <laughs> and I'm faithful. Jane, how are you doing today? I'm sleepy today, Ben. Sleepy? Yeah. This weekend we had Discovery, Family Gathering, oh, and yeah. Church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Lots of work. And The Verve last night. You were at The Verve and last night. And The Verve night. last night. Busy weekend. Yeah, it was good. Lots going on. Well, today we've got a good show planned for you guys. We'll be um, discussing the next section in Ephesians. Shay's bringing the message, the first um, 10 verses in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll be talking about that. There's a lot of meat in that passage. And then um, we'll have our very own worship director, Dominic. How do you pronounce Dominic's last name? Nuncio. Dominic Nuncio will be with us, and he'll be sharing um, about his role and his life a little bit and um, some cool stuff with writing music and those kinds of things. So, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So I got a cool little text Friday night. <laughs> Man. All right. What was your text, Jane? My text is from you, Ben. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Okay. So last week you guys heard Ben and Robbie. <laughs> And their um, little friendship that they've got going on. And yep. I, going into it, was a little worried that I'd be the third wheel. But <laughs> I've realized that I am their friend because yep. I had a text from Ben that he invited me to play Call of Duty with him, <laughs> which I probably got three hours later. Yeah. And uh, I was a little worried. I was like, I feel like Jane's the type of person that would text back right away or within like... A short amount of time. But I've recently discovered that if Jane looks at a text and then closes her phone, she might not respond for weeks on end. So if that's happened to you, you're just another victim. Just kidding, Jane. So yeah, we played played a little video games on Friday, and Robbie actually was the one that suggested it. I'll give him the cred on that. He was like, hey, you should text Jane. So you didn't want me there, huh, Ben? No, not at all. He actually, I'm just kidding. It was it was a mutual <laughs> wanting Jane to play video games with us decision. You so, would have made fun of me the whole time. Potentially, I mean, Robbie and I make fun of each other on a daily basis. Perfect, then we would have. It's fit what in. makes life, you know, fun and it's enjoyable. True. All right, so we got a good show for you guys. We're also going to be listening to our very own worship team here. Dom, Sam, and Carl have put together some amazing songs, and we'll be hearing from them. So stay tuned as we continue on. You took your wrath meant for me And in your great mercy saved me Oh, you saved me In love you reached out your hand And gave me home to stand You saved me Oh, you saved me have the power to bring somebody from death to life. 
Notice the two words, say them out loud. What are the two words in verse four? But God, but God. Now notice right off the bat, who's not the answer to my problem? Who's not the answer to bring, give me life from death? It didn't say, but Shay, right? Or but my Christian heritage, but the Christian home I grew up in. It didn't say, you know, but my good deeds that I pursued and but the fact that I cleaned myself up and made myself better than the guy next to me. It didn't say any of that. It said, but God. Why? Because dead people can't do anything. Dead people are dead. You need something outside of yourself to come and give you new life. And thus in verse four, God intervenes. But God, the answer to man's problems is not man. A broken man cannot fix a broken man. We need something outside of ourselves. This is gonna have to be provided 100% by God. There's our very own Shea Sumlin bringing the, the word from Ephesians 2 this week, verses one through 10. Um, a lot of meat in this passage, um, a lot of um, bad news to start it out, but then fortunately, uh, as you heard him say there, but God, and yeah. then it gets into the good news of it. Um, so it's 10 verses. Um, he talked a lot about, about this idea of a testimony, and I remember he mm -hmm. started off with, he, he talked about how all the people he interacts with, the people he counsels, people he um, disciples, shepherds, all that, he'll eventually get around to asking them the question of what is the gospel? Mm -hmm. And um, just the surprising amount of different answers that he'll get um, and the surprisingness and the fact that like a lot of them never include Jesus in yeah. them. And it's, you know, it's maybe a, uh, a moral change in their life that they'll, they'll talk about how, you know, they don't do this, this and this anymore. And that's kind of their testimony, mm -hmm. but it doesn't include anything about Jesus coming in and infiltrating their life and um, really taking them from this from the status of being dead, from mm -hmm. being completely incapable of anything to being made alive. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I like too that he um, <clears throat> talked about when, um, like in the process of him talking to people, asking them to articulate the gospel, when they are um, like having a hard time articulating it, it's mm -hmm. either because they don't know it or because they don't share it enough. Right. And that was like something that hit me of thinking through like what like what do I say when I'm sharing the gospel? What are the points that I hit? And um just a good reminder of like if I'm out of practice, then I'm not gonna be able to articulate it as well as if I'm totally living that all the time. So good mm -hmm. reminder of that. Yeah, he talked about that idea or that kind of uh that visual description of being like drowning in the ocean yeah. or whatever and having um someone throw you a life preserver, preserver. Yeah. and how that's even um doesn't line up with with what is talked about here because it talks about how you were already dead like yeah. this if you're drowning you're not dead yet and right. the fact that you in that life preserver visual you would be reaching for the life preserver to in a sense save yourself totally and how when in reality you're at the bottom of the ocean, mm -hmm. your heart's stopped, your brain's not having There's any functionality. There's yeah. nothing you can do. Um, mm -hmm. I like that visual because I think um, it's hard for us to eradicate or take ourselves out of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, I read this book during my time at Mount Hermon um, 
called Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Um, And one, the quote that probably stuck with me the most was he said, um, I think his name's Tulian Chavigian. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that. Weird weird last name. Um, He said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people Mm -hmm. alive. Mm -hmm. And how so often we look at the way that, you know, something we've done wrong is changed, you know, the things we do in our life rather than recognizing the status of us being dead in our trespasses Mm -hmm. and dead in our sins and being made alive, something that is literally impossible for us to do without God to intervene. Totally. I liked also just, Shay talked a little bit about those two words, trespass and sin, Uh um, and the the word sin talking about that idea of archery Uh and how you have a specific mark that you are aiming for, the bullseye, and if you miss it by just a smidge, then it is not what you were uh, originally setting out to do, and so it is the judge will say sin Mm -hmm. based on you didn't hit your mark. Yeah, that was a cool picture. I liked back to the um, illustration of us being dead and being the life preserver thing. He he made a point of like, it, like you were saying, like it's not like he just threw us a life preserver and we reached uh-huh. for it. It was that we were at the bottom of the ocean and he came down to where we were mm-hmm. at to save us. Mm-hmm. So just that, I mean, even that picture of Jesus coming down to earth from heaven and like going through the process of, living on earth and being crucified, like he, yeah, he, he makes dead things alive Mm -hmm. and no one else can do that. Mm -hmm. So that was cool. It's interesting just how much of a contrast there is within these, this short, um, section, these 10 verses, like one through three, if it, if it ended after verse three, shave in references, Mm -hmm. like how dark of a message, how like, Wow, our future's yeah. uh, not looking too good. No mm-hmm. light at the end of the tunnel. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing to look forward to. Right. But I mean, he referenced how these two words might be the most important words in in all of Scripture. But God, yeah. talking about Him being rich in mercy because um, of His great love for us, and then goes on to say, even when we were dead in our trespasses, mm-hmm. even when we were rotting at the bottom of the ocean, He came and made us alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the immense amount of mercy in that and love and grace. Mm -hmm. Um, And that really is the good news. And so Mm -hmm. often we look at that without really letting the bad news sink in. I mean, the, the gravity and um, the gravity of how great the good news is, is only made so great because of how bad the bad news is. Um, And so in such a short passage, you see that contrast, which I find, um, pretty cool. Yeah. I think it kind of tied into what we had talked about. I think, was it last week? I can't even remember where, um, back to the idea that there's nothing that we can do to make God love us when we, I think, gosh, I don't know if it was last week or not, but how I was talking about like wanting to be recognized for the good things that I do. Mm -hmm. And like, in some senses with my relationship with God, like feeling like when I do good, he loves me more. And just that picture of like when he made me alive, there was nothing I could have done to, to make him do that or to help through that process. And so that was, I like seeing that piggyback and, and talking to his illustration of the BMW, like if somebody was in here and yeah. there was the keys to a new <laughs> BMW outside and you're like, let me write you a check for two grand. Yeah. 
let me give you a penny, whatever. So like that part of you, you want a part of it because you can't accept the Mm -hmm. gift. You can't accept it just being a gift. You want to earn it in some senses and how Mm -hmm. we look at our salvation and how we look for things that we can do to be better in God's eyes or to do something to um, make it seem like we have clout in the game when really that that totally dumbs down his sacrifice mm-hmm. for us and that mm-hmm. that diminishes the price that he paid to completely save us no matter right. if we love him every day of our lives or if we are the biggest disappointment. So... I mean, I definitely checked under my seat for those keys, and they weren't there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fell victim. Loser. Fell victim. Loser. Went with the vest last week. Now the key trick I this know. <laughs> She's so just full of illustrations. All the punches. Um, I like how, uh, I mean, it talks, like, the first three verses talk about the bad news, and then you get four through um, the next section, like, this good news of God being rich mm-hmm. in mercy, great mm-hmm. love. Uh, which he lavished on us. Mm-hmm. We are dead in our trespasses, but made alive together with Christ mm-hmm. um, by his grace. And then it talks kind of bit, he references it as like the why mm-hmm. um, of it all in that last verse. It says, for we are his workmanship mm-hmm. created in Christ Jesus for good works, yeah. which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And mm-hmm. just that contrast of the fact that we weren't created by good works we weren't created Mm -hmm. in anything like it says that our good works are filthy rags and Mm -hmm. so like there aren't there isn't any deed that we can do that looks um pleasant in god's sight other than the fact that we are covered by the blood of jesus Mm -hmm. and like he sees us through that lens and that through that we are seen as righteous by Mm -hmm. him and that we are created for um good works which he has prepared beforehand for us yeah i thought it was cool i love when he gives us um the greek meanings for words and how he said that the word for workmanship is poema where we get uh-huh. poem and how it, he talks about like, we're God's masterpiece. Like he made us perfectly. And like you said, we're seen through the eyes of Christ. So we're seen as perfect and, um, or the lens of Christ. So we're seen as perfect. And I just like those little correlations where I feel like uh, I learned something yeah. really <laughs> smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love too. At the end of it, he wrapped it up really well to to remind us that these verses are a testimony. That in verse one we were dead. In verse four, God came in, and then in verse ten, now we have a testimony because mm-hmm. of it. And I think that as we continue on in our walk with Christ, and um, as we in- encourage people in their faith or bring um, walk people who aren't believers through the process of understanding God and his love for us and sacrifice that, um, I guess just a, an admonition to all of us. Like we need to know these things and we need to know what we've been saved from and know, Mm -hmm. um, that we were dead and that Christ made us alive and how to explain that. Mm -hmm. So whether it's thinking through it or writing it down or, knowing verses that you can, you can reference, like the Bible says to always be ready for those things. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I found on your point of like the, the Greek meaning behind a word and like how sometimes you'll hear someone say, you know, the original meaning behind this word and there's some like profound thing behind it. He also said like, 
um, the word dead. He's like, this really cool meaning behind this. It means dead. <laughs> yeah. Like there isn't so any funny. way of getting around the right. fact that you were dead. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, well, we're in the midst of uh, Ephesians series and we'll be continuing on with the next section um, next week. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, we'll be coming back with our very own Dominic here in a moment so stay tuned for that and listen to a little bit more of the music from the well worship team broken all was broken in us at the cross and that great cost you did something about it chosen you have chosen us in great love you destined us to be free and I doubt it washed away every sin is washed away Father in Christ you gave us heavy spiritual blessing and heaven Heavenly places Before the world you named us As your children were seated In heavenly places Heavenly places All right, we are back with our very own worship director Director Dominic Nuncio Woot! Hey, Dom, super glad you're on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. I thought I was banned from the show. But... This was like a... <laughs> bad experience <laughs> yeah, last bad time. E- yeah. <laughs> when did we have you on last? They had to bleep out most of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to decipher what was actually being <laughs> I don't really remember that day so much. <laughs> don't quite know what's in Dom's cup the, right now. Yeah, it's a black spot. There was police, there were sirens, I remember that. But, uh, beyond that and then good. everything went dark. Yeah. <laughs> but good times. So, Dom, you're our worship director here. I am still. Um, yep. Fill the fans in a little bit on what that looks like job-wise, how long you guys have been here, updates on your life. Yeah. Deep, dark secrets. Yeah. Let's okay, do it. Perfect. <laughs> Let me get closer to the mic. Uh, <laughs> I've been here about three and a half years now, coming up on four years this summer. Uh, director role looks like uh, I'm married to the North Campus, basically, so I'm typically leading all four services on a Sunday and or raising up leaders and volunteers to do that. Um, so that's kind of what Sunday looks like. That's a full day. That's a get here at yeah. 6.30 a.m. and leave here about 9 p.m. Wow. day. Uh, throughout the week, it's meeting with the rest of the staff. There's worship staff, so Sam, Carl, Samantha, um, and we're talking through services. We're talking through... Uh, albums, we're talking through song creation, we're talking through uh, shepherding with our volunteers. Um, I meet with all of our volunteers once a month. We cycle through everybody, meet with them one-on-one and in the shepherding aspect. All of them just <clears throat> at North? or All of them all at North. Campuses. Sam will meet with all of okay, Clovis. Carl it. will meet with all of Fig. And then, I, uh, and then I'm walking with five guys right now just discipling them, so that's a, cool. a weekly gathering that I meet with them. So. Yeah. Um, so it kind of looks like that. A lot of meetings. Mm-hmm. You'd think the job would be like, you're playing music all day long. Awesome. <laughs> 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 nope. <laughs> so, <laughs> not reality. <laughs> not reality. 
I pick up my guitar on Sunday. I'm like, what's this called again? You know? It's got six strings. Yeah, okay. six. All right. That's right. I remember you saying. Um, yeah. So a lot of shepherding, a lot more probably pastoral work than people would think. Yeah. A lot less musical stuff. How many me. people between all the sites, volunteer-wise and on staff, like are involved on a worship team? Uh, we have roughly 100 people wow. on all the campuses. Yeah. Wow. So... That's and they're time. faithful, man. So, like, for North specifically, but everybody, you know, it's a long commitment mm-hmm. and it's a big commitment. So, mm-hmm. uh, we typically do a midweek service is show up at midweek and you get there at five and you're out of there by eight. Mm-hmm. But if you serve on a, a Sunday capacity, it's usually a Thursday night rehearsal. It's Wednesday night for Southeast, but mm-hmm. it's a, a rehearsal for an hour and a half. So, you're there maybe two hours. And then Sunday is a, you know, call time ready to go at seven. If you're mm-hmm. only doing two services, you're out of there by 12-ish. Mm-hmm. So it's still a good amount of time. If you're here at North, you serve what we call Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the Iron Man where you yeah. run, swim, and bike, like, till Jesus comes back. And it's that kind of right thing. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> uh, you serve all day here. So you oh. serve an hour and a half rehearsal on Thursday night. So everyone gets out of work. They shove food down their mouth, and then they come here and rehearse mm-hmm. outside of listening to songs and practicing on their own. And then they come and serve the church from mm-hmm. 7 to nine so it's about 18 hours a week that will take of their time wow that's crazy so that's quite a commitment so they're rad go team go 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 team team go go. yeah (laughs) that's awesome so um you hit a little bit on writing music and Mm -hmm. you guys have been able to do that a little bit with the ephesian series is that when it started writing music or did you do that before we started before um we've been kind of working with uh the church to just kind of see what that looks like. It's not in our job description to write, but we just are passionate about writing the music. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll all, each of us on the staff will collectively, you know, we'll, we'll be up at one o'clock in the morning just writing stuff because wow. we love it, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you do what you, you like and are passionate about. And we're passionate about music and uh, whether that plays out for the church or not, we just like it. But we really have a heart to be like, man, let's write stuff that's birthed out of our church. Mm. Um, so the writing process started where, uh, the well had put out a couple albums and I came here right when, uh, Lacey Warren and, uh, kind of the Potter team put out the with everything CD. So I was just coming while they were finishing recording that a guy named Gordon Howell, who's now at uh, Northwest leading worship. Um, he was producing that Dave Johnson was helping as a volunteer. He wasn't on staff at that point, but they were recording it. So I was Hmm. listening to that coming from San Diego and then going over there, and then we finished it. Hmm. Um, so we put out albums. So they did three albums. Brent Lamb did one. Uh, Chris Beery did one when he was here, and uh, and then the Potter team. And I just was like, you know what? Instead of spending all these money on duplicating, what if we just did digital downloads that we gave away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we started doing that. So we put out, I think, six in the last year and a half-ish, mm-hmm. and we made those like, they, we wanted to be like a monthly thing, but if we didn't finish it in a month, we didn't want people to be like, where's my song? Liar. You yeah. know, you suck. <laughs> um, so it became like every other month. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was just like on our off hours or when we could do it. Um, and we'd bring volunteers in to come and play. So That's like cool. hmm. Allison Beery came and sang on one and we oh, had okay. Ben Drury from the Clovis campus come and play drums and Lacey sang on a song. And so we had just different people come in and do stuff. So we did that. It was great. And then, uh, we kind of took a break for a little bit, mm-hmm. but 
then once we knew that where we're going as a church for the next year, it was mm-hmm. really easy to start saying, okay, Ephesians. Yeah. So yeah. what can we do? You know, Judges yeah. is coming up. Romans is uh-huh. coming up. Now gotcha. we can get a little more excited. Mm-hmm. And I think the future endeavor is what we're talking through right now if, is like we had in six downloads in the course of eight months, we had about 8,000 downloads of the song. That's awesome. Oh, wow. So uh, we were like, we did that for free. Yeah. And so the talk right now is like, what if we could attach a cause to it? Mm-hmm. And then uh, similar like Jane, you're wearing Tom's shoes right now. Mm-hmm. Like for the hipster kid, they're just like, sweet, I love Tom's. Yeah. They, don't even, they don't know about Mossy Foot or anything yeah. like that. They could give a rip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the person who loves Mossy Foot, they're like, not only did I get a pair of shoes, but then that person got a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that kind of idea of like, you know, you see it in the red campaign or whatever. It's yeah. like people might just buy that song because they just want a song and they like it. Mm-hmm. But somebody might go like, here's 10 grand because I'm passionate about that cause. Mm-hmm. Totally. And so if we could do that every download, mm. um, then we could take care of needs in our city. So I've been yeah. meeting with A-File to just be like, what are the top five needs in our yeah, city? Yeah. What are the top five organizations that we're working with? Is mm-hmm. it IDP in Thailand? Is it supporting, yeah. um, you know, family overseas or whatever? So that's kind of what we're looking at next is that art with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And we can engage culture in that way yeah. to do that. That's, so that's cool. really cool. Yeah. So you guys just wrote Heavenly Places. That was our first song with the Ephesians series. Is that right? Yep. And that's straight out of Ephesians 1. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can't get much more Bible plagiarism than that. <laughs> so cool. We got to, yeah. Jesus gets album credit on that. <laughs> so, Royalty. Yeah. It's a big check. you know. <laughs> and then you guys sang a song yesterday. Is that a song that you wrote also? Yeah. So Grace is Made Away at yeah. North Campus. We sang it. We didn't sing it at the other campuses, but okay. uh, when we did the Access Night uh, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we decided, hey, it'd be really fun to like keep people continuing the conversation with God when they left. Mm-hmm. So what if we threw a CD together? And so... Yeah. In the course of like two days, we're just we did acoustic versions of three songs, mm-hmm. um, one that had been released and two that we're hoping to release uh, in the next couple of months. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, "Grace Is Made Away" uh, is a song that I'd been working on for six years. Oh wow! So, and I just put it away every year and be like, oh, I don't know what to do, and <laughs> it'd be like this weird like I was listening to like Radiohead and like the weird stuff, and I was like, <laughs> what if I made it like this, yeah. and then put it away and yeah. So then we finally, just finally finalized it. Yeah. It's funny because yesterday in the green room, you were kind of singing it under your breath. And I was listening and thinking like, wow, that's really a cool song. And I didn't have any clue that we were singing it yeah. at church. So mm. I thought it was just something you were toying with. Yeah. So what's that process look like for you? Like you produce a song, you record it, whatever. How often do you go, okay, I wish I would have done this or I wish I would have done that? Like, do you make changes through the process or yeah, I'm probably, even like once it's done? I'm probably the worst out of Sam and Carl. Yeah. I'm such like a... Perfectionist. A persister. Uh-huh. And we all do it in different ways. Like mm-hmm. Sam's fun to watch because he's very much like tweaking stuff on the computer yeah. and knobs <laughs> and what if I just add like 20 more cents? And you're just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And Carl's very much like, we're all high persisters. So yeah. It's just fun to watch. Carl uh, is like just listening to different sounds and bands and thinking, what if we did this and this mic placement and all of this? Mm. And I'm very much like, what if we change the chords and the melody and the lyrics and let's just change the whole thing all over again. And what if we yeah. try that and that? So hmm. uh, sometimes songs come super quick. Mm. Like the a song that I wrote and uh, has been probably for me as a writer, had been like one of the more successful songs. 
uh, I wrote in like a 15 minute drive. Wow. Oh, wow. And I literally like was driving in traffic and like trying to write <laughs> it on a piece of paper. And then like that was it. I never changed it. That's wow. Uh, so six years is like, so 15 minutes to six years. Yeah, that's the totally. Window. Yeah. So it's like, it's either going to be the worst song or like just put it away. Uh, so the process is totally different every time. Huh. And sometimes it comes like a melody. Sometimes it comes like uh, you hear something and you're inspired by something. Yeah. Um, for me, a lot of the times it's like a melody line and I just start mumbling stuff. Just mm-hmm. like, Mm-hmm. You're so good. Really speaking in tongues. Yeah, totally. Should have bought a Honda, but I said about You know what I'm saying? Like, just going for it. But, and then something comes out and you're like, oh, that phrase. Or, yeah. you know, somebody says something. It's like musical brainstorming it. almost. Totally. Yeah. So you're just throwing it out there. And so, like, on my computer right now, I probably have 250 songs that wow. are still in like the works. And that's it'll crazy. just take me forever to go back and be like, is that even Finish something them. that's good yeah. or not? So with your, with the three of you having such different like things that you focus on, do you find that to be like a benefit as you guys collaborate or does it cause a little bit of tension? There's definitely like three chefs in the room, if yeah. that makes <laughs> sense. Uh, so there's enough relational trust in that. So Carl sure. and I have known each other uh, since seventh grade. We yeah. met in seventh grade guitar class. So, yeah, he's we both didn't have brothers, so we're essentially brothers. So there's the front brother dynamic in a good way and in a bad way in that. Mm -hmm. And Sam and I have known each other uh, for about uh, eight eight years or so. And so we definitely all are learning to know each other more when you're like with each other in a working Mm -hmm. environment all the time. And art is such a sensitive thing. So it's there's enough trust to be like, you're so good and you're so good. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's going to be better if we yeah. all can work together. So definitely learning that collaboration is mm-hmm. like where something that you could do by yourself was okay. Yeah, totally. And something's going to be way better. So Heavenly Place was a, was a fun thing. Mm-hmm. Sam came in. He had had that idea for a chorus for probably before he even came to the well. Oh, wow. And then it was like, what do you guys think of this? And then it turned into, you know, hey, that verse sucks or, yeah. you know, Hmm. Carl is a, a good like melody guy, so he's like listening to the melody going, let's change that, you know. Hmm. I'm more of the lyric guy out of everybody, so I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, or we would never sing that. Or sure. I would never drive a Kia. Yeah, totally. Yeah, why? <laughs> so I should have bought the Honda. That's of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun thing where you just learn, you know. Yeah. yeah. And there's bad days, obviously, but mm-hmm. for the most part, I think we enjoy each other enough mm-hmm. on a friendship level. We trust each other on a work level, uh, mm-hmm. on in terms of musical ability. I don't think anyone's looking at each other going, that guy's a weak link. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's going, wow, I have a lot to learn from him. I have a lot to learn from him. Mm-hmm. You know, even it's fun having Dave Johnson in the room because mm-hmm. though Dave's behind a board most of the time, like if you see at North, he's like the guy that's usually tucked away. Like sometimes you'll see him on piano or bass yeah, last night right. or guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's got such a huge musical background too mm-hmm. that. When you throw him in the room, it's fun to just be like, mm-hmm. what do you hear, dude? So That's cool. I had a, uh, a good musician friend from Mount Hermon who um, would often get this told to him. He would have people after hearing him play and they'd be like, you are so extremely gifted on this. And he appreciated it, but he also took it as a, as a negative in the negative sense that 
he thought, I have put hours and hours and hours and hours <laughs> into work in this. Totally. I didn't just wake up and start playing this instrument and have it. And I think just looking at you and Sam and Carl, like obviously there's the gifting, but you guys have put so much energy and time into like mastering your art and totally. continue to like prod each other on. And I just think of the worship department at the well as such a a bright spot mm. of like what the well has to offer. And cool. it's just really cool to see like, throughout all the different sites that that is a a common thread yeah thanks for that yeah it definitely is uh there's definitely like a, you hear like the old analogy in sports like it's you know 98 percent work and two percent talent yeah there's certainly that talent aspect where you, you know i used to be a music teacher and mm -hmm. so uh as a music teacher you're like that kid's just never gonna get it <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. god bless him he's yeah. just never gonna do it like Go put the football in his hand and he's yeah. going to kill it. Um, but you see the kid that there's like that natural affinity to it. Mm -hmm. And then you just go, okay, bud, you're going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. You just got to put a ton of work into yeah. it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there was like, for me, it was like when I was in high school, man, I was playing six hours a day. Wow. Just like. Yeah. I, I mean, if you love it. Yeah, you just it's love not, it. It's Whatever it is. In yeah. some sense, yeah. Yeah, fill in the blank. So one of the things we've been doing with um, our guests as they've been coming on the show <laughs> yeah. is a little uh, game <laughs> that you are all probably familiar with by now. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Oh, man. And Dom's had a little bit of time to percolate some ideas. So percolate. nervous. I'm so nervous. I like I using like that. that word. Wow, where does Maybe it Maybe I'm always thinking about coffee. It's a 50-cent word right there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> put it back in my back pocket yeah. for next time. So, Dom, do you have Can your percolate be one of mine? Can I, do I have to use that word? In <laughs> I enjoy percolating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So do you have two truths and a lie for us? Yeah, I'm going to work on it. All uh, right. Two truths and a lie. Try and stump us. And then Jane and I will guess. Okay. Two truths and a lie. Uh, one of my first jobs was working in a... Uh, balloon counting factory. Um, the second was I had super long hair, but had to shave it because I got lice from a girl that combed my hair with a brush in school. Oh, oh wow! Gross. Um, and the third was uh, at sixteen, I got my first record contract. Wow, this is tough. Okay, I know you had long hair. I did. Because I saw a picture of you in high school. With My your sweet long lion's hair. mane uh -huh. is pretty good. I'm just saying. Did you see a picture Maybe afterwards of like. no hair? Did you <laughs> see mean, the pictures of the buds inside of that hair? hair right now? But I mean, I don't know why you cut it for sure. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget about the balloon factory. I kind of like the balloon factory. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. <laughs> Are there balloon one. factories in San Diego? <laughs> you know, San Diego is known for their balloons, right? No, that's Did, not true. I was going to say, didn't know that one. <laughs> America's finest city I, because of our balloons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to guess the third one just because I bet it's like a year off or something. The Wait, record the label. Oh, or the record label at 16. 16. 16. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. Is that that is the lie? I'm going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> the balloons. Okay. I did have long hair, but I did not get lice. Oh, we're both wrong. Uh, <laughs> Dang it. So why did you cut it? 
Uh, I cut it just because I got tired of it. Okay. I had long hair. I One day I was in sixth grade. I had kind of like a step haircut was what it was called back in the day, <laughs> where you did like the cool wave in the front. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. And I came out of the shower one day, and it was like kind of laid down, and I dared my... I said, do you dare me wear my hair like this tomorrow? And she's like, I totally double dared you. Double so dog dare I started wearing my hair like that. And then it just grew and grew and grew. And uh, I just That's got tired awesome. of it. Kind of so like Jeremiah. Still hasn't gotten to that cutting phase it was, yet. It was down to my backside, though. It was Dang. long. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was Samson. As long as my hair. <laughs> it was longer than yours. Yeah. So Balloon Factory. Balloon Factory was real. It was real. What did you do? Count balloons? Yeah, I counted balloons. It's a pretty oh. fun story. So Carl and I in high school, we had a friend, Maria, and uh, her dad uh, owned this balloon factory. So like if you go to Walmart or Target or whatever and you bought party balloons, mm-hmm. that was their balloons. And huh. uh, there was a way that you could go and work there for like two weeks and help them out, and it was under the table. Mm-hmm. IRS don't come after me. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth it anyway. It was probably like 80 bucks. Uh, uh, so we uh, we sat in this warehouse with like two other Hispanic ladies and like counted balloons all day. And you just like fill these little packages and, you know, 100. And you count 100 balloons wow. and stick it in there and then seal it and then go on to the next one. It was miserable. So... One day he comes in and he says, uh, did you guys read the back of the package? And it said, like, counted by, like, the mentally handicapped. And he said, that's you guys. And he started laughing. And we're like, what? So at that point, we just started grabbing handfuls of balloons (laughs) and throwing it in them. Because you're like, if (laughs) that was his way out if, like, you got 98 balloons and yeah. you got upset. Like, yeah. where's my 100 balloons? Yeah. You turn it around and yeah. it's... <laughs> uh, give or take 25. Yeah, totally. So That's awesome. Balloon factory. That's funny. I'm glad I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you moved on to bigger and better things Bigger now. and better things. Now you're playing the guitar and stuff. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> awesome. Well, Dom, it's been a privilege having you on the show. Thanks for having um, me. Thanks you for percolating with us. Percolating. <laughs> Word of the day. The video to come. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to listen to a little bit more of what the worship team here has put together, and then we'll be back. Stand firm. Hold on to the truth that we have all been made new. Once we were slaves, we've now been made free through our great high priest. Jesus, precious cornerstone, our faith. Rest in Him alone He made a way for us To walk in confidence Boldly now we sing Death where is your sting Hell where is your victory Jesus our King overcame He conquered the grave Through the power of his name, we stand in his victory. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us through another break. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, I know you enjoyed the worship. 
from or the music from our worship team. It's hard not to enjoy. Yeah, they're pretty killer. Mm-hmm. So, um, at the end of the show, after uh-huh. after the last song, I think everybody should stick around. <laughs> yes, yeah, stay tuned. There will be a little bit of a impersonation from uh-huh. uh, our guest yeah. of the former co-host. Yeah. So if you want to hear a little bit of a Christian Warren impersonation from our very own Dominic, stay tuned. You should listen. It's pretty killer. <laughs> <laughs> it was lucky that we were recording while he was, it was very, a little bit of a funny it was very guy. Lucky. Hey, we don't have much announcements for you guys, but I do have a little bit of a fun thing to add. You may have heard already, it's been um, said a couple times from stage that we are going to Israel June 22nd to July 1st. So if you want to go to Israel with me, <laughs> you can email Patty Moses for more information. The trip, I think, is $4,500. We walk 90 miles within wow. the course of two weeks. We're going to walk where Jesus walked, go to the temple, see where he's going to return. Um, it's something that I'm super excited about coming off of residency and like learning all these mm-hmm. things. And as they're teaching, they they say stuff like, okay, listen closely because you're going to be here. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm going <laughs> to be here. So, um, yeah, if you don't have anything planned for the summer and you've got an extra $4,500 <laughs> sitting around, I would encourage you email Patty at patty at org to get more information and sign up. Sounds exciting. Are you going to go, Ben? I We have a... A trip during that time. I can't remember which one it is. There's a WSM event going on during that time. So New York isn't until July. New York isn't until July. Mm-hmm. I think it's Hume SD is in June. So I'll be hanging out at, at Hume I'm missing during that time. With my kids. I think that's when it is. I hope I didn't mis miscommunicate that. Oh, well. All right. So thanks for uh, listening in this week to the Spoutcast. This is the Spout, and we're out. Gracious God, hear my cry, bend thy ear. Holy Spirit, come thou nigh, Savior here. Father, save me from my sin. Thy mercy I crave Holy Spirit Make me clean Come and see Father let me taste thy love Fill my soul
I don't know. O Town's awesome, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I really hope you recorded that, Dave. Yep, yep. soundbite. Thumb, thumb up. O Town's my favorite band. Yeah. yeah. What if we pretended Dom was Christian in this entire interview segment? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, and we're <laughs> me and Lacey are doing great porn. in Seneca. No. <laughs> <laughs>